Sunday's sermon felt like the end of a long pregnancy and difficult birth. For those of you who have actually given birth, I'm sure you don't appreciate that analogy. Understandable. But what I mean is that I really toiled over the sermon. I worked a lot on it, and then I put it out in the world, and then, and then of course, I thought about the many things I could have said differently, should have said, or not said at all. The reason this one was so tricky, this sermon about how most of us are using our digital devices all of the time, the reason it was tricky was that I use my devices as much or more than any of you. And I know that it's affecting my faith and discipleship. It was just hard to put my finger on how. A few months ago, I left Facebook for the season of Lent. I gave it up. I walked away, metaphorically. Literally, I just deleted the app on my phone. A couple of funny things happened. At first, I felt myself itching to check Facebook. If I was standing in a line at the grocery store, I used to check Facebook. I check it in the evening during commercials, any downtime, and I was checking Facebook. And at first, I had this constant itch to check it at every downtime during Lent. I started to wonder in a way I never had while looking at Facebook. What am I missing when I plug in every free moment of the day? Is it possible there's stuff going on in the world, in my world, that'd be worth paying attention to? Turns out there was. And right about that time, this all started to become more clear to me. A week or so into Lent, Facebook started to email me. A lot. Emails like, you have so many updates, or you have so many messages waiting on you. Been a while since you logged in. You're missing a lot. Come back to us. Come back. Yeah. They might have said not have said those exact words, but the emails had exactly that kind of creepy vibe. We own you. Who do you think you are to turn us off? Get back here this instant. Then I started to resent Facebook. And when I saw others on it, I wanted to slap them in a Christian way, of course. Pause here and recognize this is a classic problem when somebody starts to get their life in order. They start to judge everybody else. Yep, I was doing it. I was feeling good sticking it to the Facebook man. And I was annoyed by everyone else who was still selling their souls to the Facebook machine. Nearing Easter, that holier-than-thou mentality subsided, since, after all, the most holy one died for all these sinners, myself included. I was at peace. I didn't feel distracted by my phone. I didn't feel like I was missing out on anything. I was paying more attention to the world around me. My work schedule didn't feel as frenetic and busy. I had peace and less anxiety. And then I started checking Facebook again, just on the weekends, which... Well, which then became every day pretty quickly. I'm not where I was by any means, but Facebook has sucked me back in again. I justify it because as a minister, a lot of folks connect with me via Facebook. But there are other ways, right? Like a phone call or a coffee? I don't know. I don't have that one solved yet. Here's what I learned. A digital Sabbath is a good thing. And I need them more often. You might too. Barna reports that more people have access to smartphones than toilets. Three million new blogs are started every month, including mine here shortly. Check back for news on that. And the top 100 cat videos on YouTube generate a million views a day. That's just cat videos. Psychiatrists are beginning to identify internet overuse as a psychological disorder as well. So yeah, about that Sabbath. Claire Diaz-Ortiz in her Barna Frames book, Greater Expectations, 
says that our lives would be dramatically different if each day started with digital Sabbath. If at the beginning of each day, we focus on things that really mattered, i.e. not Facebook. She gives a really helpful acronym that summarizes what a digitally disconnected morning might look like. Present. Like, I'm giving you a present, or this will help you be present in your life. Yeah, it's pretty clever. P is for pray. Seems obvious, but many of us Christians plug into devices before plugging into our relationship with God. She says start your morning by praying. R is for read. Spend some time after prayer reading, maybe the Bible, a devotional book, or some good fiction. Something that stimulates your mind. E is for express. Think journaling. Yeah, yeah, I know journaling's not for everybody, but it is a useful introspective tool. It allows you to assess what's good and what's bad in me right now. Writing it down can cause you to name and examine those things in a way you haven't before. S is for schedule. She recommends scheduling out your whole day right there in the morning so you know exactly what you will accomplish in that day. The days I've done this, I've felt less overwhelmed and I've gotten more done. The second E is for exercise. Okay, we all need to do this more. Turns out a healthier body often makes for a healthier mind and spirit. There's tons of research on this. We don't need her to tell us this. Our love handles are speaking loud enough. N is for nourish, which refers to doing things that give you life, like gardening, cooking, whittling a stick, playing with the kids, something with your hands, or something that involves all of you. And lastly is T for track. She recommends that at the end of the day, you assess how the day went. What went well, what didn't? What do you need to change about the next day? Considering this at the end of the day is likely to actually influence the next day. Go figure. There you have it. Not only a call to take Digital Sabbath more regularly, but a blueprint for how to do it every morning. Thanks, Barna, and thanks, Claire. Hope the present plan will help you discover the more that you're meant for this week.